0: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome, TTB community. I am Bob Domena, and here with me, as always, is the very under the weather, I don't know about it, very under the weather, Elliot Chibley. So each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences, this podcast is our Travel Bites, the monthly episode where we discuss our favorite travel news over the course of the past month. Uh, and But we want you to keep in mind, if you're listening to this and you come across a travel related article and want us to discuss it or add it to our episode, please send it to us via email at thetravelersblueprint.com. I'm sorry, thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com. Got it. Or you can just uh, direct message us through Facebook or Instagram. This
1: month's Travel bites includes eight articles, the first one being annoying passengers on a plane, according to a new survey. That was a fun one, and we'll discuss some of the specific ones in there. Um, A mother that tried to go to Ukraine. We're going to talk about TSA and some new technology that they're introducing. We're going to talk about uh, Swiss Airlines. We're going to talk then about a Caribbean island. And then into four ways families can become happier travelers Shackleton's legendary ship and then the last article will be an invasive spider species that is coming into the United States. So travel tip of the week is let someone else know your travel plans for safety if they need to contact you or if you need help etc. And then before you get before we get started I mean I don't know what you're doing today but before we get started if you love the podcast or if you even if you like it feel free to share it with friends and family give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen on and Follow us on social media, like our posts. We post pretty much everything related to our guests and our travel bites. So it's pretty nice. Instagram, Facebook, those are the two best ones. And we do have some Redbubble merchandise. If you want to, uh, share and rep the traveler's blueprint podcast. Lastly, some of the other products, check out some of the other products we offer.
0: How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better.
1: To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure.
0: Yeah. And now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at the travelers, at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website. And we can meet over zoom to discuss the details of your trip
1: you want to contribute to the podcast if you work in the travel industry you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the tat form on our website you can also send us a travel article via direct message or at at gmail.com for the monthly travel bites episode Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support
0: as a listener of the show. All right. So this is a this is hilarious. This is a really fun article. So there was a company called Only Wanderlust. It's a travel resource website. They surveyed 1500 or well, it says more than 1500 travelers on the most annoying passengers on a plane. Now, the list is one through 20. And I think we're just going to read through uh, Should highlight we, some did, of our favorites. Yeah. Should we decide if we agree or disagree maybe as we read through them? So and and here's another question. Elliot. Should we start from 20 and go to one or start at one and go down to 20? Start at one. Okay. So the most annoying person is the kicker. The person that's kicking you behind the seat. Agreed. I mean, there's no need for Hands that. down. Yep. Yeah. Number two is the stinker. So a passenger with bad audio, body odor. Yes. Annoying. I don't see how you can't be annoyed or bothered by that in some way. And yeah, I've, most people probably have experienced it. The loud and the proud, other passengers talking loudly. I find that annoying. Like it, it depends on, on the extent of it and how long it's going on for. But-
1: yeah. Now, this one, I'm, I can't say I'm too annoyed by usually. Um, I'm generally good at tuning things out.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I bring headphones in. And now with like the new AirPods and the, the ability to noise have like canceling, yeah. noise cancellation, it's pretty awesome. Uh, the leaner. This actually is probably, this is, might be close to number one for me. I kind of put them in a category with the kicker. So this is the person who, as they get up, they sit behind you. As they get up, they pull on the back of your headrest to pull themselves up out of their seat and then they let go and like fling you forward <laughs> as they stand up. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand it. Some people need help getting up and I feel empathetic towards them, but come on. Um, yeah, the drunk chance. flyer, drunk people are just annoying unless you're also drunk. They That's are, just- But
1: sometimes they're just funny as long as you're right next to them.
0: Yeah. That one, there's a spectrum, right? There are, there is a funny drunk. Uh, once you get into sloppy drunk territory or obnoxiously drunk, then you could be a problem. But yeah. So the noisy kid, this is one that I, I didn't like before. Like, you know, when I was a young, young lad, young wee lad traveling the world and I sat down on a plane and there was a baby behind me, it was kind of like, ah, oh, no, Like, well, you know, I wanted to get sleep on this plane now <laughs> as the person who brings the children onto the plane, uh, completely different perspective. And now I'm empathetic towards noisy kids. I guess I can just deal with it better. Where do you, where do you, how do you feel about it?
1: I'm again, this goes in hand in hand with the loud talkers. I usually can tune it out, but that's a gift. Remember we were all that noisy kid at one point,
0: right? Yeah, I agree. Um, the recliner is number seven. This one, in my opinion, should not even be on this list. I know this is like a hot debate for some reason. We're not supposed to recline the chairs that we paid for with the ability to recline. No, listen, I'm sorry. If my seat reclines and your seat reclines, why can't I recline my seat? Now, there is a level of respect that you should pay to the person behind you if they're eating or if they ask you politely, you know, hey, please, I'm really scrunched up back here. I would I would pull my seat back up. I would deal with it. Uh, I just wish they
1: didn't have that option.
0: You wish they just removed the option. Yeah, that, that would be fine with me too. So either remove the option or be okay with someone reclining. And so I love this one because I know it, like, there's people on either side of this. There really are. And it's like a never-ending debate. I think but... you're on the wrong side, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, what's number eight, Elliot? Uh, the
1: scented, a passenger wearing strong perfume or cologne. And this kind of, it's, it's better obviously than the stinker, but still you don't want someone that has a very,
0: very strong <laughs> perfume or a i'm not someone right next to you yeah i'm not someone who's who's bothered by scents like that so this one wouldn't really do it to me and honestly it'd probably be welcome depending on you know where the flight is and who you're flying with to to get a nice smell in there but yeah mm-hmm. uh the, mo- the, the not so masked passengers not wearing their mask properly this is a, a 2020 to 2022 problem only uh here um yeah, that, that's been a big one, actually, back and forth.
1: Yeah, the loud, loud sleeper,
0: the passenger yeah.
1: snoring. So is, when it's when it's like talking and babies crying, I can usually deal with that. But if the loud snore, because it's usually inconsistent, sometimes it'll be really loud, then it'll be quiet, then it'll stop for a while, and then they'll get really loud again. That inconsistency actually does bother me.
0: Interesting, yeah. But I, I understand that and how that can bother you. But um i haven't really dealt with someone loud like snoring loud normally it's funny to me but it depends on the yeah on how yeah. on how bad it is the stinky feet per passenger removing their socks and shoes don't do that yeah, don't. don't do that and then, bless you and there are the the passengers that not only take off their socks and shoes but then recline back and like put them on other people's armrests where they yeah. have like their feet sticking out like
1: that's that's like six items on this list that are yeah should not be happening. Then there's the eager. You do this, I think. Yeah. Uh, passengers standing
0: and getting bags as soon as the plane lands. Another thing that I completely disagree with. So the plane lands and you have the opportunity. The bell goes off to stand up and unbuckle your seatbelt. And why not get the process going to get bags down for the people in the aisle? So I see it as a tool uh, for efficiency and deboarding <laughs> the plane. Why, especially if you've been sitting for seven hours. You know, I could stand up if I'm on the aisle seat, stand up, grab my bag. I have my bag. And now the aisle is loaded with people who should all have their bags ready to go. And then they can start walking and the people behind them file out. And this just creates a more efficient deboarding process. Uh, the people who are mad about this are the window seats that are just haters, that they can't stand up. I think there's <laughs>
1: two two out of six seats can actually stand up on a plane. Two
0: out of six, okay. If, yeah. it's,
1: if it's a 3 right. seat. If it's a three on either aisle, and then there's maybe four, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just not a fan. I don't think it improves efficiency at all. I think it just you you just stand instead. You could just be sitting, and then I think it should just be each row gets up as you're leaving. I don't think it would reduce anything.
0: The standards don't really impact the sitters, and so it's like kind of like a mind your own business yeah, but you thing. If you're sitting, you're... don't be annoyed that people are standing just because they're standing. Like you know, let people well, spread it's, their it's your, You know, the
1: issue when they start standing and then your their bags start hitting you on the head, uh, or they're standing and they're leaning over you to get their bags.
0: Yeah, well, that's but that's different. That's that's a little bit different. So. All right. The next one is uh, the bring your own meal, a passenger bringing on smelly food. Um, mm. Yeah, I agree with this one. I haven't one.
1: run into this one all that much. Oh,
0: I have a few times where it's just odd that like, you know, people will bring like full dinners, like chicken, like fried chicken and like all these weird things onto the plane. It is annoying, especially weird. When, when you're sitting. Well, when you're, well, it says smelly food. So when you're sitting on a plane and maybe you're trying to go to sleep and then suddenly your nose buds. Your nose buds, a thing. Nose buds? <laughs> what are you talking about? Man? Your 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 nose, whatever. You, you pick up a, a, a really intense smell. Um, your spidey senses. <laughs> yeah. I'm like half sick right now. Uh, all right. Uh, the next one is the weak bladder. People getting out of their seats regularly. That's annoying that,
1: only if you're on the aisle or middle.
0: No. That to me is if you are in an aisle on public transportation, part of the process is having to get up for people to use the bathroom. If you don't like it, buy a window seat or, you know, don't travel because that's part of it. And like, yeah, it's annoying, I guess, in a way to have to get up for people, but it's part of it. Um, So if you let that bother you, you're just going to have a miserable time. It's one of those things (laughs) like it's it's just, you have to deal with it. Yeah. Number
1: 15, the chatty Kathy, Uh, your neighbor talking to you throughout the flight. I am sometimes the perpetrator of this Hmm. because sometimes I like just meeting new people. Other times, mm-hmm. I just don't want to talk to anybody.
0: It's the beauty of headphones now, right? You can just put those in, and there's just sort of like the... "I Don't talk to It's me. like the, the do not disturb sign, right? Yeah, yeah. The armrest uh, hog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one I, I've battled for people. Now, I have a rule in my head. Not everybody follows this rule in my head for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because it's only in my head. But to me, you have the two aisle seats, or the window seat and the aisle seat. They each get the the armrest on the outside of their seat right now you have the two armrests in the middle seat because that person is confined to the middle in my opinion they get both armrests
1: you've analyzed this
0: I, i've sat on a lot of airplanes man all and right so all right. i'm, I'm actually
1: mid- i've never heard that argument but i i agree with it
0: no thank you i made it up uh, and so <laughs> if i'm in the middle seat i expect both i don't always get both but if i'm on either end i don't take the middle seat armrest. All right. Number 17,
1: the two relaxed, a passenger putting their feet up on or between your seat. So that was already discussed earlier about the recliner, plus the stinky feet, plus the armrest hog.
0: I don't understand how this is number 17. It should be way higher on this. Because I'm
1: guessing not too many people do that because it ticks off so many boxes on here that it's just Uh, common sense not to do it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Number 18, the clapper, passengers applauding when the plane lands. I don't find that annoying. I find it kind of silly. Like, it' i yeah, I'm yeah. never, yeah, it's funny. That's why
1: it's number 18. Yeah. I'm surprised 19 is not above that.
0: Well, 19 shouldn't exist. <laughs> no, it shouldn't.
1: <laughs> the man spreader. Uh, passengers spreading their legs, a.k.a. man spreading. And I, I am a fairly tall individual. I am 6'1", almost 6'2", depending on the day. And most airlines, I hit my knees against the seat, so I either try to tuck both onto one side or the other, but I don't spread them, uh, affecting both people on either side of me.
0: Yeah, I, so I I don't either. But what is so, I mean? There's a, there has to be a spectrum for what's acceptable manspreading, right? And I hate this term, manspreader. I I just I, I just don't really understand. Is it just like calling out men for? having to separate their legs due to their anatomy that and like that's and that's derogative like a negative term for See, men. i think where you're where you're
1: not understanding is that we don't have to do it it feels yourself, it feels buddy. okay to do it but you don't have to do it
0: it it feels uncomfortable to not do it especially for extended periods of time don't wear tight pants I, what, you have to you look at me tight pants are the way to go so you're doing it to yourself right. no i uh, you know i i'm glad this is low on the list and there <laughs> is there is a lot like you know if you're in the middle seat or you're on the plane like your knee should not extend past the boundary of your chair so how about that yeah. Yeah. That's fair, right? That okay. is fair. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, if you're sitting and your one leg is now in someone else's space because you're spreading your legs, I agree with that. And if you're on the aisle, you obviously can't really spread your legs into the aisle because then you're just going to get nailed by the drink cart over there. So the
1: sometimes guy. I do that when it's like sleep time. And then mm-hmm. I usually make it a point to bring them in if I see carts coming or people walking. Yeah,
0: I sort of have uh, like my shoulders always uh That's well, because
1: you're so jacked. Out.
0: Yeah, And then I get nailed by the cart and it wakes me up. I always get get hit by that. So, And then All the right. very last one is the night out. Yep. Uh, that bright phone or tablet on night flights. Uh, doesn't bother you know, me. It doesn't bother me either. Yeah. I usually always travel with a hat and I put the hat over my eyes. When I so go the smoke.
1: one that I'm surprised isn't on here is, and I thought this was actually number four, the leaner. Um, so I thought the leaner was going to be the person that falls asleep on you. Oh. That kind of just like slouches onto yeah, one side I'm of their surprised. seat. Yeah, and then Definitely. they like cramp your space that happens mm-hmm. more often than some of these. Yeah. Oh,
0: I've had, and I've had people who try to get me to sit in the middle. Like I'll walk up and they're, they sit They're sitting on the end and they're like, Oh, can you just sit in the middle? I'm like, no buddy, you're, you're going in the middle seat. <laughs> so, all right. Our uh, right. next one, this is the the woman. She, she was a 34 year old woman. She got drunk. And I think that's putting it, uh, it lightly. Um, and she ordered an Uber XL to Ukraine from the United Kingdom to, quote, help out. Uh, it ended up costing her 4500 She had insufficient funds in the account. And so it was, it was never actually processed. The interesting thing is that Uber tried to process it, though, nine times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, admirable. Um, I'm not sure how much you would have been able to help but i I would love to see like what is the distance how long is that uber Um, i i'm
1: trying to look for it it says 502 drop off um 2206 is when she ordered it so that's what seven
0: hours seven hours so you could totally be drunk enough to fall asleep in the uber and wake up in ukraine
1: it's got to be more
0: than that could have it can't be seven hours it's it's hilarious that (laughs) <laughs> that, that tried to get processed i would assume that this you know there are multiple things that would have stopped that from happening you would hope that the uber driver as soon as he picked the person up and it said you know he gives them the route to yeah end but end who? what fall, uber I driver would actually be willing to do that right now well they don't know the route they don't know the final destination until they pick up the, the guest oh i didn't know so that. once okay. they pick up the guest they click like confirm that the guest's in the car and then it and then it gives them the instructions or the directions on how to get to the destination. Whew, so man, you'd assume that, that one surprise <laughs> seven hour trip to the middle of a war zone. Yeah, yeah. Quite the
1: surprise. all right. Uh, this third article: TSA is getting new futuristic scanners that may help you get through security faster. They basically allow you to scan 3D images, uh, CT scan, uh, and you are able to basically maneuver the image in three axes to see the objects better through the scanner
0: yeah pretty neat the one thing that i looked for in the article that it did not have was whether or not we would be able to keep liquids and laptops in the bag i'm waiting for that to come because you would think that maybe it's a matter of being able to go through the through the computer that's the reason that they can't you can't keep them in there they can't see through a computer um so i guess the battery i think yeah
1: um and then the this should be rolling out sometime this summer
0: Nice. Yeah. And we do have a TSA episode coming up this month. So yeah. the end of this month, we have Thomas Carter. He is the federal uh, security director at for TSA at Newark International Airport in New Jersey. It is a major um, air, airport. And so we had a great, great conversation with him. That was a super interesting one. It was an awesome spin for the podcast on, on travel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We actually talked to the, some of the most influential people in travel. <laughs> yeah. that you'd never really feel or see. Right, right. All right, right, so number four, Swiss is on track to be the first airline to use solar fuel. And this is interesting because it's not what you're thinking about using solar, uh, basically, photovoltaic cells and then electric to power the plane. So it's called, uh, the company is Sinhelion, which is, I think, a take on Synergy and Helios, the sun. And then Syngas is a liquid fuel with the same properties as fossil fuels, but it's produced artificially. And I guess it's produced using uh, solar energy and it just emits less noxious gas when burned compared to traditional fossil fuels. So it's really interesting. It's very like sci-fi science-y and there's a lot I don't understand in this.
0: Says they're going to try to use it for the first time in 2023. So... Yeah, pretty interesting. But again, yeah, I don't really understand it too well either. Um, To be continued. So if you um, do understand it, uh, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This next one's pretty awesome. So a guy, his name is Marshall Mayer. He is the co-founder of Let's Buy an Island. It was a project where he in 2018, he set out to crowdfund the purchase of an island off the coast of Belize. He did so through various investors and now he is part owner in coffee k it's a 1.2 acre island again off the coast of belize um it's pretty awesome like the whole idea is awesome the community behind it is pretty cool it's it's yeah, so I think he's calling it right now as the Principality of Icelandia, complete with its own national flag, an anthem, and government. It is the world's newest micronation, an entity that claims independence but isn't recognized as such by the inter- international community. <laughs> this is so freaking interesting. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. I, I have thought about doing this, believe it or not, because I, I don't know what it was, maybe in, like, the mid-2010s, but I was looking at... Uh, you can buy islands off of Florida that are really not that expensive, but they're almost impossible to build on because they're either super flat or swampy and have like constant flooding. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it is. But they're not expensive. They, like, no, I mean even this island was only one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. That's not that much. No, you know you can't even get a house in <laughs> most of the country for that much money anymore. Yeah. But remember, uh, there is
1: absolutely no infrastructure. There's no, yeah, no,
0: there's nothing there. There's nothing it's gonna there. It's going to be almost all.
1: impossible for them to get fresh water. It's going to be almost impossible for them to treat their sanitary. It's going to be almost impossible to get uh, Wi Fi and internet. Yeah, uh,
0: that's the fun in it, right? Figuring that out. So it and, says the founding members established early on that each share in the island would cost around 3250 Um So far, they've sold almost 100 shares and counting. Uh, so it was purchased for 180000 plus tax. The sale was completed in December 2019 and then COVID hit put a halt to the plans. So they, they're beginning to build up the Island now and yeah, it's very interesting. So yeah. mayor sees it as more of a quirky marketing tool. He emphasizes, he emphasizes that the, that the micronation should be seen as tongue in cheek and that while they might bring in their own rules uh, when they are on the Island, such as no use single plastics uh they they are actually under the laws and borders of Belize.
1: Yeah. So it's still so, it's still pretty awesome and not that they can't do all that stuff to improve the island, it's just hard.
0: Yeah, I don't but really it's, it's know. But it's kind of cool to try. And I don't you know, I don't know the ecosystem of this island like is it prone to flooding and stuff? It it's near Belize, so it's not going to have you know, it's not like to me, buying an island off the coast of Florida, I'd be worried about hurricanes just decimating anything I oh, yeah. tried to put together. Uh, yeah. But they obviously don't have that same issue there. So, and we should say Marshall uh, is confirmed; he's coming on the podcast. So, yeah. I reached out to him to, right after reading this article. I think I even still had it open, and I said, "I got to talk to this guy." And and so he is—he's coming on the show. He's confirmed. Yeah. So, so stay tuned that. for that
1: one. Yeah. All right, number six: four four ways families can become happier travelers, according to researchers. So, number one is first and foremost, know why you're traveling. That's, that's yeah, very this is important. A, this is
0: a very important, the the biggest one. And I think if you, you, you do have kids and they're of age to understand it, you can talk with them and sort of set the foundation. Like what do you want to get out of it? And that, it, that's the, the beginning point. Like what do you want? And if it's to learn about the food, or even if they say something like, I just want to eat ice cream. Okay. Well maybe dive into the history of the ice cream. How is it made? What ingredients are used? How did it, how did ice cream culture form in the destination? And so it's things like that, where you start to take a step, you just peel back the layers little by little. And then by the end of it, you have all this information. And then when you bring a child who you've now spent a few months learning about ice cream in, in you know <laughs> Naples, and then you bring them to Naples and they try their first scoop of Naples ice cream. I haven't done that yet, but that sounds like an awesome that <laughs> Sounds like a great trip.
1: Yeah. Uh, number two is invest in experiences, not things. And sometimes yeah. things can be part of the experience, like ice cream in Naples.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. And this is a this is sort of like a no brainer, I think, for most people who travel, right? That's yeah, sort of why we do it.
1: It's been a big shift in, I guess, that the the uh, culture and economy from millennials compared to our parents and the boomer massive. generation.
0: Yeah, massive. This one was super interesting. So discover how the brain benefits from travel. And essentially what it says is that the, the brain changes. So as you experience something new and it's anything really, you, the, it's called neuroplasticity. It's when the actual, com, the configure of your configuration of your brain actually molds and shifts and changes to form that memory. Like it's a physical change in your brain. And it's not just
1: that. It's not just a single connection. Sometimes it's multiple connections. And when you have multiple connections, you have better memory recall. I mean, there's a whole, there's whole science to how your brain recalls passive and active memory. And the more connections you have, the better chance you'll have at remembering something. So if you only have one instance, which is why rote memorization is sometimes not great, but travel actually really helps with this. And then- Early, early on in the podcast, not necessarily specific to travel, but being in nature greatly helps with brain chemistry. And we had a whole conversation with Florence Williams on her book called The Nature Fix. And I think that was like episode five.
0: Yeah. And and one way, I guess some examples of ways to do that would be to have like really emotionally meaningful experiences or new experiences. So trying a brand new food uh meeting a new person or like experiencing the top of a mountain or you know the inside of the sistine chapel these really profound emotional experiences then help you form memories and are very helpful too yeah
1: and the last uh, one is center center your family in their own travel narrative and while this sounds like becoming the center of the universe i think what they're trying to say is that you have agency and you have control over your trip and that you're not just a bystander going through the trip and experiencing, but you're actively involved in the trip itself.
0: Yep. Yeah. That was an awesome article. Uh, The next one, this made news really early in the month of March. So Shackleton's uh, Ernest Shackleton's ship, the endurance, which sank off of the coast of Antarctica in 1915 has been found. Not only has it been found, but it's in like near perfect shape. And the videos of this ship are fascinating. The wood is, is so perfectly preserved and you see the, Uh, Like the steering wheel, whatever that's called, you know, the the giant steering wheel. Um, And it's obviously due to the lack of bacteria in the water due to the lack of heat that would break down the wood. And so you end up with this perfectly preserved ship. I didn't know a whole lot about Ernest Shackleton, but 28, he had 28 crew members. The ship got stuck in ice. They actually fled. There was enough ice for them to walk by foot. They were later rescued. And the ship ended up sinking. Now it was part of i a I'm a, uh, uh, oh, oh, sorry, like a journey. Named, <laughs> so it was the Imperial Trans Antarctic Expedition. So it was backed by the British government and donors, even including Winston Churchill. And so the plan was to deliver a group of explorers to the coast of Antarctica, where they would then disembark and then travel overland across the continent to the South Pole. Super interesting. Uh, but now I know that he's associated with this survival story now rather than the explora- exploration itself. Yeah.
1: It's, it's incredibly fascinating. I remember seeing uh, The Endurance, Shackleton's Way, a, as a IMAX experience at Franklin Institute in Philly oh, wow. when I was in oh. elementary school. And then I became absolutely enthralled with everything Shackleton.
0: Oh, wow. So this had to have been pretty cool for you.
1: Oh, yeah. So 107 years later that he sank. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. And the ship is in that great of condition. That's really it's fascinating. It's fascinating that there's people that have still dedicated their lives to finding this ship. I I don't think they were
1: specifically going for this ship, were they? I thought they were I thought they were just like in a general search of things on the seafloor.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know there was a few different types of people doing different things. Like one woman was just studying the ice. And so there was a multitude of, I guess, tasks. Uh, I But I was under the impression that they had an idea of where the ship sank, obviously. Like they yeah. knew generally. And so, and it was in like sort of a gulf area or like a bay type of thing um, mm-hmm. near the peninsula where all the research centers are. Yep. So it was in that general location. And so, Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah one thing that i would hope i they don't plan to lift it or take it out at all but i do hope that they can get some kind of 3d scanner down there and actually get the exterior and some of the interior of the ship because we that would be unbelievable to see the inside of something from over 100 years
0: ago at this point that is in such good condition yeah i hope they get a small enough like drone type of submarine and and just drive it through and then the last article here this Took over my newsfeed. It was about these large invasive spiders that are bright yellow. That are they? So they they're already in Georgia. Uh, they're an invasive species uh, from Asia, and they're now expanding. What they've done in you know the, for this species, they were studying the species in Georgia, and they determined that cold weather doesn't really impact them. And so now they're expecting them to just essentially spread up the northeast. Um, Great. They're they're pretty big they're bright yellow and they are an orb spider so they they create these beautiful orb webs and they just wait for prey
1: yeah, orb weaver
0: yeah it's an orb yeah. weaver
1: the the joro i have no idea maybe joro however it's pronounced um yeah. the the scientific name is trichonophilia clavata
0: yeah so people were scared in jersey anyway because there was these articles saying like it's going to rain spiders they're going to rain and because what they do it's is not they they float with the wind, right? So the spiders can, I guess, catch wind currents and that's how maybe how they, they travel. And so that's how they're expected to travel up the East Coast. But of course, you know, these news headlines are like, it's going to rain spiders. You know, you're all going to die. And it turns out that these things are completely harmless to humans. So they're big, they're beautiful, they're yellow. They're pretty awesome looking in my opinion, but the fangs are too short to break human skin. And there's literally nothing you have to worry about. In fact, they're just going to eat more pests for you and you can enjoy yeah. looking at them. As far as I know, to this point, there's no massive negative impact on the ecosystem, but I'm sure we'll, we'll find some we'll find out eventually. Hey, you know, they'll kill whatever. Maybe
1: if they get into the northeast, like into southeast Pennsylvania, they'll actually start killing lantern flies.
0: That would be pretty pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I would imagine that if those things, those lanternflies, they fly everywhere. They're gonna fly right into these orb webs. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's I mean, that's what it says in this article is that they they're more focused on butterflies and flying insects.
0: Yeah. So while lanternflies
1: technically don't fly, they more like glide and hover. Yeah. Um that hopefully this thing will catch them. And by the way, the the size of this thing when its legs are out is the size of your palm. <laughs> so big <laughs> the body is the body is small but people, it's <laughs> people are gonna just start to freak out yeah
0: absolutely that's a massive spider we're not used to those at all yeah. at, at all that's <laughs> i can't wait uh but i love it I'm, I'm excited i'm gonna get my camera
1: out my macro lens yeah yeah yeah, big... yeah 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 all, all right. right this month that is, that wraps up our travel bites for this week. Thanks you. Thank you for staying tuned this month. We had Benjamin Jordan on paragliding across North America, speaking of which, with the monarch butterflies, hopefully the orb weavers don't catch and kill them all. Yeah. And then we have our travel around table discussion on responsible travel. That was a great panel. We talked everything about how to be better from, I think, an economic, environmental, and social uh responsibility. And then the last episode of this month, as Bob mentioned, is Thomas Carter, the Federal Security Director for the TSA at Newark International Airport, which was an incredible conversation on everything related to transportation security in Jersey, but as a whole in the United States.
0: Yeah. uh, Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you really like us, leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen is such an incredible way to show your support uh you could also like and share our posts comment on our posts that's the you know that feeds into the algorithm that we require to grow on social media and lastly if you do have the means and are willing to support us in a financial way there's a link on our instagram page And I think in the show notes of the podcast where you can uh, donate as little as $1, buy us a coffee. Um, And that goes to supporting the show as well. Regardless of what you do, even if it's nothing, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, So thank you for tuning in.